I'm gonna do the clap thing that we learned from our good friends over at the Split Party Podcast uh, to make sure that this syncs up. This is the first. Um, f- yeah, it's the first time we've done it. This is the first. Uh, yeah, actually, I think it is the first time we've done it after they taught it to us. Right. Because this is the first uh, e podcast that we've had in a while. E podcast meaning the the guest calling in. Uh, right now we're using Google Meet instead of Discord. Uh, which is very very interesting uh, tidbits that you as the as the guest or not the guest the the listener needs to know for your sonic experience. Uh, the other thing you need to know for your sonic experience is the guest and the guest name. Um, what do you think, Dwayne? Should I introduce you, or do you want to introduce yourself? Do you trust in me to introduce you? I I have full confidence in your abilities. Oh, sick. Okay. Cool. Let me don't mess it up, Mac. I'm gonna do my best. I don't know. This is a tough one. Yeah, the pressure's right. on. Uh, you may know him for his wondrous marketing abilities and event planning abilities for shell games, or you might know him as the host of Dinner with the Devs and other related video projects at Shell Games. The face of Shell Games, some might say. You might also know him. Uh, for his love of Maker's Mark whiskey, which he is drinking. I'm drinking Yerba Mate uh, mixed with grapefruit vodka um, while our good friend Dwayne is drinking Maker's Mark whiskey. A man of um, extreme taste and extreme class. And he is lowering himself to our standards today to join us. Welcome to Dwayne Waite Jr. Junior. Dwayne, did you know that I'm also a junior? No, I didn't know that. And thank you for the introduction, Mac. That was very well done. That uh, was well you. done. You I, didn't mess it up, Mac. I didn't mess it up? That no. Was that was great. I really appreciate that. We'll see if we can keep it rolling. You know what? In the in the spirit of... Because um, Dwayne is part of the, the marketing team at Shell Games, which I am also a part of. And um, every time that we release an episode, uh, our uh, senior director of marketing, Jill exclaims that we once again did not follow the principles that you usually do whenever you're creating anything of substance, which is um, essentially starting it and ending it correctly. So I'm going to start it correctly again. We're going to throw all of the draw call rules and regulations. The book is being burned today. And I'm going to continue this, this streak of professionalism by saying, welcome to the Draw Call podcast. My name is Mac Nelson, your host. And I'm here with Ziad Drone, the other host. And we're here bringing you a fully featured hour-long interview with marketing manager at Shell Games, Dwayne Waite Jr. If you want to hear more of this or if you want to see some of our other episodes, be sure to check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash drawcallpod or check us out. Anywhere you get your podcast, look up Draw Call on all one word, one no word. spaces. Very important. If you put a space between draw and call, you're not going to find it. We don't have that SEO value yet, but we're doing our best, folks. I and mean, you'll you'll find some stuff, just not the Draw Call podcast, yeah. I'm sure. Correct. Yeah, you're yeah. going to find things related to, um, well, Z, would you like to explain? Well, uh, you'll find things related not to us. So I don't know why you would ever Google that. True. um, Because it's not important. AF. Um, Maybe very, very useful for game developers, which I'm sure you as a listener are not. Well, maybe. (laughs) That's another thing that Jill tells us to do is to be mean to 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 the end listener. Demean them. Uh, assume things about them. I don't know. It doesn't sound like did, assume, did, did she say that? Assume <laughs> things about the end, the end user that only that only you can know, such as the fact that <laughs> I, the game developer, <laughs> know way more about draw calls Ooh. than you, the the dumb listener. Because that's why anyone would listen to this podcast, right? Is to learn something right. about game development. Right. Wouldn't learn, you say so, Dwayne? Learn and apparently self-hate, right? So, <laughs> the target demographic. That's yeah, exactly that's right, correct. That's right. Oh, uh, right. how funny! Well, uh, well, thanks and... for having thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, just like what Max said, that uh, 
you know, draw call is a regular conversation amongst the, the marketing team where what seven people uh, and we're continuing to expand. So there'll just be more and more people added to the draw call conversation. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited to be a part of it. Looking forward to talking with Mac and Z about whatever they want to talk about. I talk about some topics, whether it be marketing or events or even you know, influencers or content creators, all of which I deal with on a regular basis, but I'm, you know, just here to, to talk about whatever, uh, even if Mike wants to, to diply, or uh, quickly dip into uh, our opposite sides of the, the Drake dilemma, we can probably save Ooh, that for later in the hour. That's a, that's a nice little interesting callback there, and I'm very glad that you brought that up. Dwayne, you already are... An A plus draw call guest. You've already set up the outline for us, doing our work for us, um, and yeah, that's a nice little a nice little time waster that we'll put at the back end. You do know that the the draw call sort of uh, methodology, right, in terms of how we structure the podcast, it, as if there is a structure. I was right? going to say, yeah, structure is a strong word of what mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have heard. Right. Have you listened to a draw call episode, Dwayne? So, like I said, I'm thrilled to be here, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Absolutely. Um, well, first, <laughs> I will ask you, because um, I, I did this very uh, purposefully as I poured up, uh, I poured up my next drink uh, on the mic. I'm sure the listener at home will have heard the sound effect, and I want to ask you, Dwayne, uh, what's your favorite type of drink? Are we talking hard liquor? Are we talking mixed drinks? Are we talking wine? Are we talking beer? You got a favorite? You got a go-to? Man, Tell me about it. That is a great question and a whole other uh, hour of stuff that we could talk about. But I can briefly go through each category because, yeah, yeah I'm, 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 a want, fan, I'm a fan of alcohol in general. Um but uh, so in in wines, uh, I prefer a red. I prefer a dry red. So I like uh, your Carmeniers, your uh, Cabernet Sauvignons. Um, yeah, I like the Argentinian breed, the Chilean breed. Uh, I like Italian. I uh, like like Chiantis, things of that nature. For beer, I'm more of a, a dark beer guy. So I like your your porters, your stouts, your imperial nice. stouts. Like my top beer at the moment is still um, a Dragon's Milk uh, Imperial uh, Stout. That's absolutely delicious uh, out of New oh. Holland in Michigan. Um, Does it have any similarities to Guinness? How similar is it to Guinness, would you say? It's pretty different um, because your Dragon's Milk is going to be between you know, nine to 11% uh, ABV. Well, you know, Guinness is going to top out between what, five and 5.8. So a mm. little bit of a difference there. Uh, you know, Guinness is a little bit more full bodied while your Dragon's Milk uh, Imperial is going to have a real uh, uh, bourbon forward taste and, and then it's going to mellow out afterwards. So it's, it's it has a really different flavor profile. Um, for for liquor, you know, bourbon fan, bourbon whiskey, rye, uh, all that stuff. I think I cut. Did I cover all of them? Yeah. Dwayne, Mixed how did drinks. you get to learn so much about alcohol? How did you get to learn so much about about like these words like full body and, and rich and forward forward? Like I I just drink to get drunk usually. <laughs> how do you how did you discern all of these? vocab words is it just drinking a lot or or like and that's not in like a derogatory way no you're fine like, you're fine like how yeah. does how did that work for you yeah uh drinking and education right drinking and learning along the way um you know you try all different types of wines right like your your whites and reds and then the different types of reds the different types of whites and then you know spending a little bit more time trying to educate your your palate about okay, okay what are the tastes that i uh 
yeah, am sensing, you know, what does, what is crisp for me, right? Mm. Is it really quick or is it, you know, really strong and then it mellows out? Uh, and, but then, yeah, going to different tastings and learning, uh, like I went to on the bourbon trail and, and met uh, one, a master distiller there at the Heaven Hill Distillery. And so they talked to us about the difference of Elijah Craig, Evan Williams, uh, Maker's Mark, you know, things like that. For wineries, I've been on types of wineries up and down the coast and even internationally. And uh, for wine um, in school, uh, in a school in college at uh, Elon, uh, we did a conducting business in the Pacific Rim. And I spent 10 or uh, yeah, 10 days in uh, Perth, Australia, where we did a marketing case study for a winery uh, uh, down there called uh, Lou in the States. And so we learned uh, like how the grapes grew, uh, what type of climate certain uh, wines you know, do well in. And then we did a case uh, presentation of how to uh, bring more or import more Australian wines. Uh, in the United States and uh, position them against uh, Sedona Valley uh, in California. So you know, from there, kind of kind of learned a lot. Dwayne, it sounds like in another life you could have been a wine connoisseur or a um, sommelier. Do they call them? Yeah. Small, yeah. Wait, how did you say that? Sommelier. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, do you think you could have been another in, in another life a sommelier? Is that a, uh... Oh no, no. I mean, there's there's all types of training, and like sommeliers know like the temperature of the dirt that the grapes come from. And or while while I enjoy knowing where my alcohol comes from, that's just a little bit on the the nerdy alcohol side. A little bit too. That's a higher level for me. Mm -hmm. I'm close. I'm like a seven compared to like a 10 which a sommelier would be maybe mm -hmm. even six and a half I, I don't think i give myself that much credit but i would say i mean i'm sort of like on a second grade reading level when it comes to my alcohol and where it comes from if it if it can get me fucked up <laughs> it's going down the gullet and that's all i really need to know but uh i do fancy myself uh, a good um maybe not like connoisseur but mixologist like, I feel like at a glance, I can know, all right, this is going to taste good with this. Mm -hmm. um, and But I don't really think you need to have a very high-level working knowledge of... Um, it's like being it's like being in esports versus developing the games themselves, you know? I don't need to know how the... I don't need to be in the kitchen yeah. to know how the grapes are made. To know how the... To know how the... Uh, I, I, I knew where you were going. Yeah. Fuck, dude. <laughs> to know how the... Yeah, I kind of got lost somewhere in the Damn kitchen. <laughs> what's the food What's the food that they say with that? I don't need to be in the kitchen to know how the... Oh, how the... Um, how the... Oh, what is it? No, you're God. right. There is it. God. I don't need Let's to be in the kitchen few, to... Uh... Sausages, hot dogs. Sausage is made. That's it. I don't yeah, even know how the sausage is made. You can still yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, I can yeah. still enjoy it, and I can still I can still dice it up and make a nice little sausage stew, or whatever the fuck they make with sausages when they cut a little them gumbo. Up. Gumbo, there it is. That's a <laughs> nice word, gumbo. Well, it's it's funny you mention that because whenever, whenever I was in high school and we went on our trip, we brought uh, so we did a senior trip with a bunch of our friends. We brought a ton of alcohol with us to Lake Erie which is about oh. two and a half hours north of, of Pittsburgh, uh, two hours north of mm -hmm. Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, I discovered that it was like, oh, wow, mixing Sprite with peach schnapps is absolutely delicious, right? And so, you know, I, excellent. I, I think you're on the right course there of just, you know, experimenting of, you know, what tastes go with what. And then if you just continue to challenge your palate, you could be you know, right next to me and uh, the, the six and a half level of, of Somaliatude. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's level. Yeah, yeah, I'm that's skipping, true. I'm skipping grades in the getting drunk <laughs> high, in getting drunk school. Uh, you're, you're leveling up. You're leveling up. Hell yeah. 
Dwayne, we've got a party happening on the fourth. Um, of no, the not second. The fourth, the second. There you go. Thanks. I'm a little yeah. Nah, the the ruby red is hitting me crazily. But we have a party on the second. Um, a another not housewarming party, but same similar vibes. Uh, do you want to come and be the bartender? That would be a ton of fun. Um, let me see. This is a super great, um, a super great topic for this podcast. Oh, totally. Dwayne checking his calendar to see if he can make it to my, <laughs> to my party. Um, yeah, no, we're doing a great, and this is a, an open invite to anyone who listens to this <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, no, if you guys want to come to to my party, we're doing. I'm DJing, Dwayne. I bought a DJ controller. It'll be here probably before the end of this podcast. And I'm going to hook it up to the big-ass speaker we have outside. I'm going to DJ some tunes. I got a nice little 10-hour Spotify playlist that I'm going to transfer into my my DJ set. And we're going to make it happen. I'm super excited, dude. This is gonna So be- that is an interesting weekend because July 4th is on a Monday. So that mm. gives a long weekend. So we might be out of town, but if Dude. if we're in town, just to spend a couple hours just bartending, making stuff that I want to make and telling people to drink it, that sounds like a ton <laughs> of fun. It does sound like a ton of fun, dude. Yes. Because so so just keep in mind if it's your if it's your people back like yeah. your friends, your circle, yeah. I'm not gonna take orders. I'm oh. just going to give them. What I think they should drink. <laughs> Just make shit. It's kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, curated, curated drinks, curated music, and curated drinks. Yeah. So Curation. they just they're just gonna show up. It's like okay, well, I kind of I usually drink this. I usually drink this. I like this. And okay, it's like okay, shut up. Give me thirty seconds. Here's your drink. Enjoy. That sounds amazing, Dwayne. If we can make this happen, wow. I feel like the shut up part is really important. Yeah, you yeah tell that's right. Every it's crucial. crucial. Stop talking. <laughs> sit there. Do nothing. While yeah, I make this drink for you. What I need right now is complete silence. Don't from whoever is in front me. of me. That's yeah. it. Say nothing. Turn around. Don't even yeah. look at me. Yeah, no eye contact. You, you could watch me. You could watch my hands. Yeah. But don't look at me in the eyes because <laughs> that messes not- things up. That's a no-no. It's a yeah, big no-no. Big no-no. That sounds sick, dude. Actually, stand uh, six feet back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's right. Social distance yourself from this drink I'm making you. That's it. Go away. Well, Dwayne, we've uh, successfully burned 18 minutes. Yeah, you've learned uh, the first draw call technique. Burn as much time in, as humanly possible not being on topic. It's a great oh, I way. mean, if there's, if there's no structure, you know, it's that – uh, well, it used to be attributed to Winston Churchill, but now it's being attributed to somebody else. You know, it's a, so the the whole thing is, uh, you know, somebody so and so had a speech, and th- they went down. I was like, okay, how much time do you need for five minutes uh, for a five minute speech? It's like, oh man, I need at least three months in advance. Oh, okay, interesting. How about a fifteen minute speech? Like, ah, you know, give me a month. Well, how about a two-hour speech? Like, I'm ready right now, right? Because it, it doesn't matter of the the time that it takes, but uh, the longer the time, the less you have to curate. But if you give a specific time with a specific number of topics, that makes it way more difficult to convey a message. And so, you know, the hmm. the bring it full circle to marketing. You know, you have a five-second message, fifteen-second message, thirty-second message. You know it takes much more time to, to curate that content depending on the audience and the message that you're trying to convey. So whenever you're under, you know, more restraint, it takes more, you know, practice to hone. Wow. That was cool. Damn. Hell yeah. That was sick, dude. Dwayne, this is why they pay you the big bucks to, to just, you just mastered masterfully brought us back to topic. And now you've learned, or I guess you didn't learn, You've um, proved the second draw call point, which is somehow we always get back on topic. Like usually. I feel like every episode, there's not really been an episode where, besides that last one, damn, that last one was a doozy. That shit rocked. 
Um, I don't know if you've, yeah, you haven't heard our last episode. Jill has heard our last episode. Wow. Yeah. That shit sucked. Um, yeah, uh, no, but we always get back on point and, uh, continuing your point of marketing. I want to know a little bit more about, uh, how you got to marketing video games, Dwayne. Um, you talked about marketing for, uh, in college for, uh, that alcohol shit. Sorry. Again, pretty fucking drunk over here. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, where were you working before, uh, shell games, Dwayne? Cause I, I'm pretty sure this was not your first job straight out of college. Like it was for quite a few of, uh, our shell games, uh, friends that have come onto the podcast. It was their first job out of college, but not true for you. No, no. Uh, out of college, I went straight into the marketing agency world in Charlotte, North Carolina. I worked at a yeah 30 35 person agency uh where they did a lot of uh experiential uh marketing like out of home event-based marketing uh working for banks and the uh, local basket or the nba basketball team that was down there uh the bobcats at the time now now the hornets and from there i uh, started my own uh, little marketing consultancy with uh, a high school friend of mine, uh, still friends to this day. Uh, we did that for six years, working in the high-tech uh, lifestyle. So we did marketing for a fashion magazine, a, a social media app, um, uh, AV equipment, you know, consultancy, uh, then from there, I taught marketing for three years at a high school down in North, in North Carolina, where I taught principles of marketing, sports and entertainment marketing, and marketing management. And during that time, I also wrote uh, for, I was a lead blogger for a uh, talent site based in Atlanta, Georgia called. Okay, sick. Um, I'm restarting the recording. I just want to say, on on record, fuck Comcast. <laughs> All ISPs are evil. It's true, actually. Yeah. It's true. So uh, you, the the end user of this podcast, uh, unless Dwayne wants to re-explain how we got to Shell Games, uh, will not. We'll never be able to. You'll never know. You'll never know because Xfinity decided to drop internet right there in the middle of his explanation. So that is lost to the wild forever. So, hey, sorry. Uh, damn, that sucks. Fuck. What was going to be my next question after that? What are we thinking? Uh, I mean, I could just give a super quick rundown i won't go into as much detail uh after college i went to a marketing agency that was fun uh did a marketing agency uh, with a buddy of mine for a couple years that was a, a lot of fun in the tech and lifestyle mm. and taught for a couple years at a high school uh got a chance to be a deck advisor which is a association of marketing students and got kids to compete from the district to the international level so so that was cool and then from there, whenever my teacher contract was going to end, uh, my wife and I decided that we wanted to get back to Pittsburgh because the public education system in North Carolina, uh, and, and specifically, uh, was terrible. But um, yeah, I wanted to go into a industry, uh, going into business uh, that was high tech and innovative, but had a, a desire to impact uh, uh, education. Uh, using technology and mm. that's what brought me to uh to shell games uh, because the the aspect of bridging education and entertainment is super super uh relevant to me uh, i feel like the public education system could do uh, a lot uh better uh, as i was saying before the public education system in the the united states hasn't changed dramatically since the 50s and uh you know we're not uh, factory-based, you know, uh, country anymore. Right. Uh, we've been about 60 to 65% uh, service since 
like 2000, uh, even in the 90s, whenever you look at you know the, the rise of tech and the internet. So, uh, so many things need to change. And, you know, game-based learning or uh, learning, you know, through games uh, where everybody can be a gamer now uh, with the internet, with 5G, with Web3, you know, all, all, the, all the stupid jargon that normal people don't know, uh, you know, you're able to, you know, learn through those platforms and... The fact that Shell Games is has a priority of, of figuring out what to do through you know, education and learning through games is, is super cool to me. So that's why I'm here, and that's why they've been able to to keep me here, or that's why I've been able to stick around and fake it till I make it for uh, about six years. Six years, dude. Six Ooh. years in August, yeah. Congratulations, first of all. Um, yeah, wow. That's a long time to be doing anything, right? Um, well, I, I mean, yeah, I guess you were doing the agency thing for around the same amount of time, you said, right? Um, about, uh, about five years, yeah. So, Shellgate is by far my, my longest uh, career venture, yeah. Wow. That rocks, dude. And you're not... Nah, it's probably a shitty question to ask on, in public, right? You sticking around, Dwayne? <laughs> you sticking around forever? I mean, I hope to. Um, you know, like... Like I said at the the beginning of the podcast, that um, uh, our marketing team continues to uh, to grow, and you know there are you know not just different marketing initiatives that I think uh, the studio can do, and I think that uh, you know, me personally, I, I think are relevant and are fun uh, to also you know, not just execute, but to also lead as well. There's a lot of, of room uh, for that uh, in the in the marketing team. And yeah, uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity there. And so I'm excited for, for those opportunities. Yeah, that's uh, something I wanted to ask you, uh, Dwayne. Like what, what do you think are some marketing initiatives or you know, directions that you think the company should sort of steer towards or not even just like the company in general, but like what is the future of marketing for video games look like and how is it different than what's what's currently being done? And how do NFTs factor into it? Oh, man. <laughs> that is a loaded question. Uh, well, well, Matt comes in with the TNT, right? Yeah, let's uh, let's take the hot NFT <laughs> bullet out of the chamber. Yeah. Um, so, well, to to address Matt's uh, thing first, I do think that there is a future with crypto and, and blockchain. Um, however, I don't think the game industry and more specifically the marketing folks in the gaming industry has determined what a best practice is for mm -hmm. that yet uh, for those listeners if you're interested in you know uh, investment you know uh investment thoughts and you know that type of thinking there there's a great blog out there called seeking alpha and they did this whole thing about uh what what is going on with blockchain and crypto that is uh going well and the fact that the blockchain technology is going super super well uh to in in terms of security in terms of uh blocking malware and blocking um you know hackers uh there's a lot of good stuff there but the turn into a marketing Technology is has a lot more questions than than answers, uh, especially with the NFTs. Like NFTs right now, just feel like money laundering, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, how to make that credible is is tough to know right now. But um, in terms of marketing in general, and and marketing and gaming in general, and marketing for shell games specifically. Uh, we are with only you know seven people and, and like i said we're we're expanding um there is a lot of room uh to grow 
with branded content. Um, yes. With uh, yes. with with licensing our original IP. Uh, you know, I I keep thinking of you know uh, I expect you to die comic book series a. Um, I expect you to die or a uh, mission is complicated coloring book. You know, so I, I think that there are a lot of things that are available for us to do. It's just the, you know, resources, right? Like there, there's 150 people and seven of us are in marketing. And so there are 135 people and seven of us are in marketing. And so there's very limited uh, amount of of bandwidth for us to do but as we continue to grow you know there are uh, e-commerce solutions so you know being able to sell uh, merch for all of our original games um, you know being able to have a you know the the marketing term is user conference but the the consumer facing term is a you know a consumer con or uh, an event Right. Mm -hmm. Having an event for consumers that are based on original IP, like the I expect you to die con. Right. Or the until you fall conference, which is just a, a escape the room roguelite live. Right. Like how stupid would that be? But be you know, being able. Yeah. Like the be able to have rooms. Uh, I know. Um, and oh, man. In 2017, uh, I met uh, Brent. Uh, Bushnell from uh, Two Bit Circus. Yeah, he's the son of Nolan Bushnell, who did a uh, you know, Atari and Chuck E. Cheese and all of that. And uh, you know, he was interested in doing a uh, Escape the Room experience for I Expect You to Die. It's like, ah, oh, that would be so cool. But it's just bandwidth, right? Like mm -hmm, having yeah. people to plan that, having you know uh, people go out uh, to uh, at the time uh, LA uh, now with two bit circus expanding or being um, uh, acquired by that hotel uh, company uh, maybe there's a chance now that, that we could do something like that but you know so there there are things like that that I think uh, the so the overall theme is uh, creating reach beyond the headset right right uh, i i think that that is very important to me um in terms of branding you know in terms of you know what's called having legs is like how how many times the brand can touch a consumer uh so not just in the headset but uh, at an event uh online in an email talking to a friend all of those are different touch points that are super uh important to have a strategy for and we're doing well with that uh but you know there's more that we can do like we're touching we have a couple points that we're touching but there there are more for us that make us more uh encompassing uh i mean i can go on and on we could fill this hour which is what <laughs> what i'd like to do so i'll i'll, I'll pause it's for... a very like I almost said prescient. I looked up the definition of prescient. I'm not sure if that's the exact word I'm going for. That being said, I'm going to use it anyway. It's a very prescient point about um, us as a VR-leaning studio. I need to stop saying us in this podcast. I'm going to get fired. I, With the amount that I say, fuck this company and fuck that company, I can't keep <laughs> saying... I can't keep... Uh, talking from the perspective of the of our company, <laughs> of of the company that I happen to work for, but um, Shell Games as a VR uh, focused studio at the moment, uh, it is a very interesting sort of challenge because like a sort of flat game or a game that doesn't um, you know is not in VR doesn't have to doesn't have to fight as hard to connect with the audience. I would think. Because um, it's really, like, if you have a, a video of someone playing a game, like a, a Let's Play, uh, for a computer game, or like a, like a standard traditional PC game or console game, it's, like, way easier to sort of connect to a consumer with that. It's a lot harder, I think, to create something that uh, someone, especially someone who's not been in a headset before can really sort of understand like if you've never been in a headset 
you really like the the video the flat video does not do it justice right not one bit right um creating alternative ways and like alternative solutions for users to connect with your brand outside of a headset yeah that is a super duper uh important i guess objective right yeah more touch points like you were saying Dwayne. Um, cause yeah, it's, it's like, it's near impossible for someone to understand just like the, just how cool an experience or a brand might be going by like a simple sort of video itself. You have to get them in the headset for them to like really fully get it, I guess. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm wondering, so a lot of the, um, examples you gave Dwayne were very much like. I don't really know how to describe it in my head. It's it's like um, almost indirect ways you're you're interacting with with the uh, player or the um, I guess the player base fan base. Um, you know, like having uh, cons. I guess that's like a direct way, but they're not really interfacing with the developers, right, of the original IP. How much? Um, and it, if you don't know, I, I wouldn't be surprised because I don't know if there's any like data on this, but. How much do like the player base or you know fandoms in general want to interact with the developers themselves? Like, does dinner with the devs, right? For example, does that does that go over well? Um, are people interested in hearing directly from the people making the games, or are they really only interested in the brand itself, right? Like, there's definitely a distinct difference. Um, I'm thinking of like. Uh, uh, there's like that YouTube channel of like the it's like a speedrunning channel where developers of games watch speedrunners kind of like break their yeah, game. Yeah, it's an IGN. Yeah, it's an right. IGN show. Yeah, um, has a pretty small following, honestly. But I think it's like one of the most interesting gaming series out there right now because it bridges that gap between player base and developers in a really really fun interesting way and i know i expected to die was on that which is really really cool to see but yeah i'm curious to pick your brain on that Dwayne. like are are examples like that relevant like do people care about talking to the developers so it depends on the audience right uh every whenever you look at your you know your products or your market you know it's it's still uh divided in that bell curve right your uh early adopters your early majority uh your late majority and and your laggards right Mm -hmm. so uh the majority of the things like so like you mentioned the dinner with the devs um the uh speed running channels that's going to be your uh, early adopters and your uh, early majority. Um, the cons. Cons are going to be your early majority. But what's important about activating them is that they are going to be the mouthpieces for the late majority and the laggards, right? So mm-hmm. uh, there, there's value in... Uh, pouring more uh, investment and in entertaining and delighting them because then they shine as beacons towards the, the late majority and the laggards that, oh, this is worth, this is worth investing in. Or, you know, look at those content creators. This, this is actually really cool. Uh, to Max's point, uh, you know, looking at your, your flat games or your PC games, there's just so many more of your early adopters and your early majority that you know your early majority is going to be you know 20 30 million people and you know boom you got a blockbuster uh for for vr you know uh you get a wish list of you know two hundred thousand, and you know you're you're in pretty good shape to be in the the, you know, be in the top 10 or top 20 uh, top selling VR game. Um, so there's there's still a growing uh, audience there. And, and, and that's the toughest thing because, uh, again, to Max's point, uh, for a, a 2D game or a PC game, 
you know, you're looking at, you know, sometimes free, but up to, you know, at most $60, $70. Uh, VR still, and I, I tell people this whenever we go to a conference and if people are asking me about, you know, how many people, you know, uh, bought the game or looked at the game, it's like, well, think about it. For people who don't have a headset and they really like this game, they are immediately looking at an investment of uh, $342, right? Because if at minimum, it's right? I, at minimum, because that, that's buying yeah. a Quest 2 at 318 with taxes included and then you know uh i expect you to die too or i expect you to die or you know until you fall at 2499 uh and then boom like you you, you know that's it so that that's a really high bar uh, versus a pc that you could just download on on steam and i have my issues with steam but you know to you know just get a pc game uh you know, even on sale uh, versus a, a VR experience, you know, that the barrier of entry is still, you know, super tough. I mean, that's why Oculus is throwing, like Oculus and other VR, um, like distribution platforms, are throwing like so much money, like so much money into um, both original and independent uh, game studios. Um, like the amount of investment that they have in original IP for uh for their game stores is tremendous and it's the same problem really that um like the epic game store has except on a higher uh or i guess on a different scale right because it's uh, really about just like adoption right like getting these people to spend that 342 dollars at a minimum um get them into like the ecosystem and then from that point on the investment is like they're there that right. now right um yeah, no, it's a super tough nut to crack versus Steam where it's like you never hear Steam or Valve giving money to to like game creators on the PC in order for them to have game. Like it's a it's, it's almost the opposite. It's like you have to pay to get on Steam or you have to take significant chunks of of revenue to get on Steam. And uh, they're definitely not helping anyone. It's because they don't have to. They're printing money already because there's so many people that adopted it. Well, um, think about it. Like Steam, like for game developers in Steam, game developers are not Steam's concern, right? Oh it's, yeah, no, they it's, don't it's, it's, it's the customer. Uh, the customer's first. That's why we don't get nearly as much data as I would want from Steam because with all the privacy things that consumers demand, you know, we, we're lucky to have a back end to see how much we sell literally from, from Steam. So yeah, uh, th there, there's that. But yeah. Uh, for you know, any type of headset maker, uh, it's good for developers right now because they, the headset makers, the hardware providers need content for consumers uh, to get consumers and to get more consumers. So we're at a good spot right now where there is a absence of high quality content that hardware providers are looking for and they'll they'll pay for it because the consumer lifetime value outweighs uh, the expense of getting developers uh, to build content for their stores. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's the same problem that Epic is dealing with, right? Where it's like, there's not enough content. Like Epic Games, I mean, they have Fortnite, right? But that's not enough to break the pattern of like going to epic games for only that one experience and uh i apologize for being away from the microphone uh for this moment dude i actually don't think there's a usb3 damn this is fucked up damn our production value is falling <laughs> off a crater right now this shit rocks dude um yeah i haven't i'm sorry i'm so sorry you're good you're good are you are we gonna make it do you have enough on your We your we might for listeners and for Dwayne, uh, my Apple AirPods are running low on battery, but I think we might be okay. How much time do we have? We're at forty three. Can we make can we make ten more minutes? We could probably make ten more minutes. All right, let's see if we can make it to ten more minutes uh, of solid content. Because this is actually, dude, this always happens. Every single time we hit we hit Every gold, hit. and now we're on speaker. Damn, this fucking rocks, dude. Uh, do we have any other headphones? 
Yeah, you were watching the downfall of this podcast live on fucking air. Um, damn. Shit. Is there anything I can do here? I don't think so. Um, keep going. I'll be right back. All right, sick. It's just you and me, Dwayne. It's you and me right now. All right. Um, hell yeah, dude. You were really getting the quintessential draw call experience. Something fucks up every single time. And uh, right now, it's the fact that are the internet shut off. I got a shut off notice. Uh, damn, I was making a really good point about Epic Store. Fuck, what was it? Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, it's... it's- it's interesting to me with uh, Epic's interesting because um, they have so much funding from everywhere, and not alone their self fund, but uh, you know from Tencent, from uh, a couple of big names just invested in them. So they have like a, a five or six billion dollar valuation. Yeah, and I feel like the reason they did that not just a player base but the data that they can get from their player base right so i i feel like that they are willing right now to lose money uh with the limited ecosystem at, at the at the moment uh because the type of data that they are getting from what players want what players are looking for uh they'll come with a slew of games you know, uh, in the next you know couple years, hopefully, you know, if if the planning's right with the data that they have, and just go gangbusters. So I'm not. I would be hard pressed to say that uh, Epic has a problem. Mm. I would say that it's it feels like uh, Epic is slow to addressing. Uh, the needs with all the data that they have on their players on the store. I mean, I think they're, but like, dude, it's like the, their scale is just so massive that it doesn't even matter, right? It's like, like the amount of money that they make off of um, Fortnite and whatever money they're making off the Epic Game Store, not to mention the licensing of the Epic Engine itself. It's like they can just right. coast forever. It doesn't, Matt, it's like the Amazon conundrum. It's like so, like half of their business is losing. It's like they're hemorrhaging money in like half of the areas that they're in because they haven't yet become the primary, like the leader in whatever industry they're trying to break into, which is all of them, right? But AWS makes so much goddamn money that it doesn't matter. They can just outlast the competition. I don't know if Epic Games is in a position where they can outlast the Steam store because Steam also prints money and I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, but it's gonna yeah, be interesting, but, dude. I don't know. I mean, pe- people always pit uh, the Epic Game Story against Steam, and it's they're so different, right? Like mm. uh, Steam, Steam is so sales driven. Uh, with here's the sale, here's the sale, uh, you know, here's this game for eighty percent off, and, and now you know the consumers are just uh, conditioned to wait for sales to go to the steam store so imagine uh, a highly curated high quality store that might have sales might have not but you are guaranteed to have a high quality experience um you know i think that is that's going to take a lot of people away um because you could buy you know, 20 games and have five quality ones, and then you can go on and, and do, you know, 15, you know, negative reviews that I really played this for 20 hours and it sucked, you know, lazy devs. <laughs> but but then, you know, you can go to the, you know, Epic Game Store, you know, buy a game for, you know, 15 to $20, not on sale. I'm like, holy crap, I played this game for 10 hours. It was a little bit pricey for those 10, but it was worth every dollar. Like, whenever you look at that, and in uh, consumer behavior, it's called uh, affectionate forecasting. That you know that person is going to dedicate a much higher value to their experience on the Epic Game Store versus you know the person spending the same amount of money on Steam for three games and having only one quality one. 
the value for Epic goes much more higher in that consumer's mind. So, you know, I, I know people are trying to pit it, but they're two completely different objectives. And I think, you know, based on what I've, I haven't followed the Epic game store that, that uh, closely, so I could be totally off, but I, I think that they're going down a really good path. Is Epic Games Store, is that a curate, like, do they focus on curation? Like, I was, like, under the impression that, like, you... I know it's, I know it's harder to publish on the Epic Games Store than it is on Steam. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, and they are working, like, they have to, like, pay people to get on the library, I feel like. Like, I don't, I don't know. Epic is such a weird, uh, like, blip for me, because I feel like... The Oculus, like, if you were to compare the Oculus store versus the Epic store, right? The Epic store is in this weird, like, dilemma where, like, first, they aren't the the, the primary uh, store. Like, they aren't the first choice. Like, if you, because uh, the Quest at this point has the majority of the market share for, uh, for the VR platform as a whole, right? Like, the Quest store is the store to be on, right? much more than getting your VR game on Steam or whatever, right? Sure. Um, and that makes them, like, the best and usually the only option for, like, quote-unquote success in the VR market. Um, Epic has in this weird spot where they are not the... They are not the market leader for PC games, not by a long shot, right? And that means that most of the time, people aren't even, like, looking to get their game on Epic. Um, Epic is, like... I've seen uh, plenty of examples. I think there is one game uh, that just, like, re-released. Chivalry. Chivalry 2. Uh, just it released a year ago on Epic uh, because Epic paid them a shitload of money, basically. And uh, once that time period ran out, immediately they just re-released on Steam. And... They're in this like weird position where developers aren't looking to get on the uh, the Epic Store the way that they're looking to get on the Oculus Store, right? There's like this reverse sort of. Um, it's like a would you consider? I'm guessing this is a buyer. It's a developer's market and not like the storefronts market, I guess. If that comparison makes sense, um, it just it it puts them in a really weird position where they're on their back foot to like try and get uh, game creators to to buy into their platform even when they know for a fact like the game creators know for a fact that it's going to net them less sales than if they would have went to steam it's this really weird like <sighs> i mean it's just the thing that they have to do right now i guess in order to to, to get more people using their platform um and i i could see how that would lead to curation or, I mean, they are curating, right? Because they have to. Because no one is, like, going to, like, go publish on Epic willingly unless they're trying to get a quick check from Epic, right? Um, I don't know. Epic Games is just such a weird Yeah, weird and I, I feel like it's a long game, too, right? Like, I feel like there could be a, a future where a lot of the games... Because I think, what, Tencent uh, put yes. in... 10 10% or something. So imagine mm -hmm. with a lot of the, the Chinese only games uh, go to the Epic store that you could only get from Epic. I think that that could be interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that there are, you know, uh, you know, with Epic, uh, you know, being, you know, unreal that there are, there could be some um, exclusives there that, you know, that, that we haven't seen yet. Um, and plus, like it, they're they're making Unreal a entertainment engine, not just a gaming engine. That's true. So so true. imagine if the, you could use the Epic Store to buy movies uh, from there as well. So I think I I think that there is a long game with the Epic Store, and we, I mean, hopefully, you know, with the strategists there, but you know, with the insiders there, else on the outside. It would be foolish to to think that the Epic Store will only be a game store with this monster of an Unreal Engine that you could do cinematic experiences there. That um, you know, there will be something 
there. And who knows with, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, experiences being done on uh, VR as well. You know, maybe, you know, Epic can have a you know, Unreal VR, you know, component, you know, to their, to their stores. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot there. There's much more upside for the Epic store than the Downs Epic Game Store or the Epic, you know, uh, experience store uh, mm-hmm. than, than we think. And so you know, with all the cash that they have, with all of the investors, I feel like it's only the surface that we're looking at. And there's much more uh, that they can do, you know, than right now than Steam can. And so, you know, that's, a, that's an exciting uh possibility and opportunity uh for st- for epic and for those people following the epic game store and uh yeah i know we only have you for like a few more minutes or so Dwayne. uh but to throw one more wrench into the mix there's another model uh out there that um doesn't get talked about a lot and maybe that's because it's not a great model but the um apple arcade is another game model that I don't think is being done anywhere else. Uh, and I, from what I understand, it's subscription-based. So right. you pay some amount per month, and yep, you yep, get yep. access to a fairly large but highly, highly curated selection of um, iPhone games. And it's really tough from a developer perspective to break into that. Sure. Because uh, you kind of have to like know a guy... Uh, to get your game on Apple Arcade, or it just has to be a really, really phenomenal game, or you have to be a big company, right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's another model that I don't see anywhere else, and I haven't done like a whole deep dive into it, but from what I understand, it's going pretty well for them. Yeah, uh, dude. The subscription model, the subscription model, and cloud-based games is going to be the future. Like mm. I've been talking Uh-oh. about cloud games or cloud gaming since you know early 2019, late 2018. Like that is where game where you can game anywhere. Are you going to show any- for Stadia? Is this it what, right here? What's up? Are you showing for Stadia right now? <laughs> Man, I wish Stadia. Like I wish Google didn't give up on Stadia. I I, I think, um, yeah, Max would make fun of me because I was one of like fifty people who got like Stadia controllers and. and oh Stadia no! Games, but... Really? Oh Damn. yeah, and I I still play it. Like uh, uh, yes, just yesterday I was playing um Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on Stadia. Like I love oh, it. Oh respect, dude. Wow. Um, that's but, that rocks. Do you yeah. notice? Do you notice? Um, because I know there's like obviously there's like that super duper slight like, um. Uh, like sort of lag or like latency between your input and like what comes on the because it's like streaming, right? right? Do you notice that? Is it noticeable at all for you? I mean, I'm not I'm not the hardcore gamer, right? Like, right. you know, uh, I wipe two kids, so like I just I, I game whenever you know I I get some type of you know uh, relaxation or some type of of downtime, which isn't yeah. much, so. Um, you know, if there is a lag or if there is a slight, like, I, I don't really care. Respect. You know? So. Yeah, dude. Um, it was super sad to see where Stadia went. Like, I feel like they did it, like, wrong. Like, I remember uh, at the beginning, whenever they were announcing Stadia, they're like, all right, you got to pay a subscription to, like, access the library. And then you have to pay for each individual game. It's like, are you, like, what? Like, how does that Work. So they kind of they kind of changed up with pro, right? Like if you yeah. uh, get the pro subscription, you can get free games. But uh, if you if you get the game whenever it's just re- or if you want the game whenever it was released, yeah, you know, then you have to pay. But yeah. overall, uh, you know, uh, Microsoft, you know, X Pass subscription model, uh, they're getting into cloud gaming. They just signed. Uh, who was it? Uh, Oh, Hideo uh, Kojima, he's going to do some cloud-based uh, thing with, with Microsoft. Uh, yeah, that was just on game uh, GameIndustry.biz just uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, wow. So, so yeah, like, 
cloud gaming is going to be it. And now, uh, I don't know if you read this stuff about Stadia Mac, but now Google is looking for a seller for their Stadia technology. So they'll yes. at least license it out. Yes. But um, it's, uh, and you know, Google's Google, right? Like they have billions and billions of dollars, so they could throw $5 billion at something. It doesn't work for three years. It's like, oh, okay, we're done. Whatever, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, so no, I think they the, definitely made a good use case for the technology, at least. And oh, that's, yeah. That's yeah. the main thing. Cloud Game is the future. Apple Arcade is, is super interesting because it's subscription model and you get access to the arcade. Uh, with the way that, you know, uh, hardware ecosystems are forming up and they're forming communities around it. Uh, you're going to see uh, hardware work with different studios to have specific access to different games, mm-hmm. and you're going to have different communities playing different games. And you know, some people are going to be okay with that. Uh, you'll have your bigger studios being able to uh, tow between the different communities to be on Apple Arcade, to be on you know, X pa- or Microsoft uh, Xbox Pass or whatever they call it, your Game Pass, and um, you know, people will be able to you know, maybe the metaverse. You'll be able to have your uh, avatar and to go you know, into Apple Arcade, uh, bring your same avatar to you know the you know, uh, Microsoft world and and play with friends there, and you know, and maybe that'll all that'll all be all right. But until we 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 know for sure. You know, uh, niche communities will have niche games, and they'll be able to form bombs uh, bonds over there, and you know, to bring it full circle. You know, for uh, you know, marketers of those uh, game industries or game studios uh, will have to have a good idea of where their uh, niche communities are going to, what specific software or what specific hardware, uh, to find a critical mass where they can have a. Uh, uh, a profitable outcome uh, attracting those communities and you know what Dwayne I'm very happy that uh, our company is in your hands because that <laughs> sounds hard <laughs> damn you had to throw the metaverse bomb right at the end so I couldn't respond to it that rocks dude <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I have the answers uh, I'm just saying that I, I, I have a, uh, my ear on the ground of what's, what's going on and trying to figure out our responses to it Dwayne, damn, great episode, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I know it was it was a long road to get here. I think I said, Dwayne, you should come on the podcast like 17 times. <laughs> and But now you're fine. We've finally done it. We've finally done it. I'm so excited for Jill to open Apple Podcasts <laughs> and to see your name on there. <laughs> to see, to see how, what she thinks at our next all hands meeting. That's right. Uh, that's right. Dwayne, well, I hope I hope I said something useful. Oh, for sure. That's super interesting. Oh yeah. No, I think it was um, super duper um, interesting and digestible for the dumb viewer. Yeah. To bring to bring that bit back. You up. listener. You you dumb viewer of this audio only format. <laughs> so really, that's maybe, right. I'm, maybe I'm the dumb one. And then come to uh, yeah, Max Party on the on the second. Yes. I'll tell you to shut up, and I'll make <laughs> you a drink. Someone, someone can can um, uh, hit me for calling them a dumb viewer uh, <laughs> at the party. Um, that's you know what? Yeah, if you come to the party, you can hit me. It's like birthday punches, yeah. podcast punches. You can hit so, me yeah, on the shoulder. We'll get we'll give uh, Mac a sign that says "Whack a Mac," and then yeah. you can just smack him around. <laughs> there it is. Heck yeah, dude. Uh, Dwayne, seriously, thanks for, so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, yep. Do you have anything you'd like to shill, promote, say? Um, uh, man, um, no. Uh, dinner at the de- dinner with the devs is at the end of this month, and we're we're gonna have a holo ride on, so VR and cars. Ooh. We'll be able to talk about the cosmic chase experience that uh, Shell Games did with holo ride. Uh, we might show some fancy video, and. Uh, yeah, super excited. Uh, later this year, we'll also um, we're talking with uh, Resolution Games, who made a uh, demo. Uh, we're gonna try to get them on as well. So uh, the rest of the year for Dinner with the Devs is gonna be pretty exciting. So subscribe to the you know Shell Games YouTube and you know uh, enable your notifications so you know what's going on. Sweet. Thanks so much, Dwayne. Um, and 
Yeah, wow. We gotta we gotta find a, a good I feel like the an episode we should do during the cycle was a panel episode. And I think Dwayne mm. has made the cut for one of the one of the panel cool ideas. We need to find one other person to be on the panel with. Perhaps from outside the company. Yeah. I would say from outside outside the company would be good. Maybe one of maybe two people from outside the company. Yeah. Ooh, what if we had a marketing related marketing slash community related podcast with Dwayne, Logan, and shit? I have to look. Uh, that could be interesting. Why don't you, if you are, if you made it to the end of this podcast, why don't you tweet at us with who you'd like to see on <laughs> as the fifth panelist for a marketing and community development related long form five hour long draw call episode special um coming to you soon ish um all right Dwayne, you want to sing us out uh we sing at the end of every episode that's a lie but if you want to sing you can i'll leave that to you guys i appreciate it Sick. diplomatic uh, um what do you want to what number do you want to, uh, uh, 